Welcome back to the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. Okay, no more of the little like rhyme scheme going on. Welcome back, everybody, to the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. I am back again doing what, what I love to do best yet again. Rant to you guys about footy for 20 minutes, no more, no less, as I've been doing at least monthly now, I think, at this point. But I'll get it back into the rhythm, I promise. I'm going to get it back in blood in the, in the new year. Uh, I wish you guys the best of holidays, so happy holidays. You know, when whatever you're celebrating, I wish you the best to celebrate that, you know, to the best of your abilities and that you enjoy it as much as you possibly can. Of course, you know, we're at a very festive period of time, so football also reflects that, and there's plenty of football to watch for us football fans who absolutely adore watching football on a weekly basis, like I do, and everyone who does on the Stephen Talk Soccer podcast. And before I get into the detail of this episode, which you guys probably already know what it's going to be about, but before I get into the detail, oh my god, Barca nearly just equalized, or nearly just scored a third goal in a game with which they're currently drawing 2-2 with Almeria, but anyways, um, as I was saying, uh... Yes, please do me the kind favor of downloading, subscri- uh, subscribing, following, sharing, leaving a rating on the Stephen Talk Soccer podcast, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. It would be extremely well appreciated. Uh, like I said, you know, more content coming. I've been saying this for a while now. And I mean, as soon as my school um, time is finished, I really will be able to take this podcast to new levels and to new heights. Um, of course, I'm still doing it in the meantime, but I want to see out the season like I've been saying I would. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. But until then... Strap in and stay stay with me for until you know while we go through the journey of this you know football season 2023-2024. But again, I can assure you that good things are on the horizon once it comes to you know me having the full time to dedicate my energy, my my love, my passion, my appreciation for the game fully. Right now I have plenty of other priorities that are stopping me from you know giving you guys the consistency you're looking for in that unique content that makes the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast even more special than I hope it it has already become for many of you. That's me taking a swig of water as we get straight into the thick of things here. But I think the main thing I want to talk about really is probably it's the teams who've been the underdogs of the season so far across Europe. We'll start with the Premier League, obviously, and Aston Villa, who I think have genuinely been, I'd say, the best team in the Premier League on their day. They look really, really good. Even their most recent win against Brentford, where they were down one nothing for majority of the game. And all of a sudden, you know, they took, uh, they took advantage of Brentford going down to 10 men, thanks to a red card given to Ben Mee. But I really do think Villa have just done an exceptional job this season. And I, I think Una Emery deserves any credit or the most credit you can give to any manager in the world, arguably. Because not only in, in the Premier League, Villa did well. Also in Europe, they've been exceptional, Aston Villa. They've been really, really good. And they're showing their worth and their value on a week-to-week basis. They've beaten both Manchester City and Arsenal, who people were obviously, I mean, naturally um, expecting to be the top two teams in the Premier League. And they were able to win both of their matches against these sides at home. Villa's home record is genuinely sensational. I think they won the last 16 in a row at home, which is incredible. I think it's the greatest one they've ever had at home in their history. Um, this goes to show you how well they're doing and and how uh, excellent this team has been. The main standouts for me really is the likes of John McGinn in particular, who I think has had a really good season. And I'm not a John McGinn fan, so for me to say that means a lot. You know, it goes. It shows you how um, impressive he's been to me as someone who's not really his biggest fan. In order to kind of like you know respect and say okay he's been decent he's been decent but it's been it's been really really strange I'm not gonna lie uh, and I just find it that it's interesting to me that uh, you know Villa have gone from being I wouldn't say an irrelevant team but one with Gerard where they weren't really succeeding anywhere near to the level they were supposed to and now with Embry they have a squad full of ballers everywhere with Watkins who looks like a you know a reincarnated version of uh, 
of the name of Edison Cavani from his, you know, with his time at PSG when Emery was coaching him at PSG. Apparently, Watkins watches Cavani's highlights of his career, and Emery makes him watch, you know, highlights of Cavani's, uh, you know, high moments and all that stuff in his gameplay, which makes sense because I think Watkins has been one of the best strikers in the Premier League this season by far. Uh, Villa look really dangerous. I have a game against Sheffield United coming up this weekend, which at home, would you expect them to win again? Villa have genuinely been incredible. I mean, who knows how long this this run will last before? Uh, oh, again, Gundogan dismissing genuinely and a one-on-one opportunity, which can open that with a goal. Uh, anyways, yeah, who knows when um, Villa, how long Villa will be able to stay up in this position on the table. But for now, it's been really, really impressive. I have to give him the credit. And I've really enjoyed watching Aston Villa play uh, this season. I feel like there's a great blend of, you know, of uh, tactical uh, implementation while also allowing their players to flourish individually. The likes of Leon Bailey, the likes of Moussa Diaby, the likes of, you know, Jacob Ramsey. Um, you know, the likes of Bubakar Kamara, Douglas Louise, like even Yuri Tielemans at moments. Like these guys are all contributing and making the team play exceptionally well. Villa have been really, really impressive, and they deserve all the credit in the world, in my opinion, for being that way. I mean, it's been quite a, you know, an, an eye opening to see, uh, eye opening thing to see, is what I meant to say, uh, from them. Um, that's really the main thing I want to touch on for them, for Villa. Of course, obviously, you know, you see Girona and La Liga who are cooking. Like, I mean, Girona look like, you know, Serie A, not Serie A, I'm saying that only Girona look like La Liga title contenders as well themselves, you know, and they have done a really good job this season so far, even being able to beat Barcelona most recently at the Camp Nou, which is something that I don't think they've ever achieved in their history. So, again, we have this football is finally taking a change for the better, I think. I think in terms of the underdogs are trying to be able to compete with the big boys on a consistent basis, which just makes the football more interesting, less predictable, less one-sided, less, you know, uh, boring, less, less, uh, repetitive and that's a good thing if you're someone who wants to support and if you're a fan of this team you can start getting yourself at the table with the big boys and start really having a conversation like the Villas, like the newcastles united newcastles united newcastle united of this world as well um bigger picture in Premier League, arsenal currently sit first place at the time of recording 17 games played 39 points four uh, and they are only one point ahead of second place Liverpool, whom they play next in the Premier League, which will be a thrilling game of football. I mean, the last one we saw at Anfield between Liverpool and Manchester United was genuinely a bore fest. That game finished nil-nil just the other day. Not a good game of football that really interested many people. It definitely didn't interest me that much, so I don't really have much to add to that. I thought Liverpool were just lacking that cutting edge they needed in front of goal. I thought Salah had a terrible performance. Not the first time I've seen him do that in a big game. Sometimes he's either, you know, he's the best player in the field, and other games he's generally irrelevant. And I felt like, you know, the uh, the game against United uh, just the other day was definitely more of the latter than it was the former. Um, I do think that the league is getting more interesting, and I do think that Liverpool Arsenal will have a much better fixture to show that. I think that, the, you know, these two teams will give more of a, of a real battle. I think United were just hoping out for a draw, which is understandable given their, you know, current, uh, what's it called? circumstances at the club for many various reasons, which I don't need to get into now. I'll literally have a United fan of the podcast to talk all about this club, you know, and what disarray they're in and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for now, I mean, and the bigger things I want to mention, of course, I'm not going to go through every single fixture. Spurs went through being, I, here, here, hold on, let, let's go to this, this little swivel, a little, a little swivel really quickly, a little, like, you know, diversion. I literally said weeks ago, and I don't remember which episode it was I did, but maybe it could have been two months ago. It could have even been like the beginning of the season. But I did remember saying, maybe in the podcast or to some people I know, I said, Spurs are doing really well right now, and they've been really impressive, and credit to them. But I'm telling you now, this is not going to last forever. And what happened, ladies and gentlemen, it did not last forever. Don't get me wrong, they could probably 
uh, get a top four, maybe even top six, sorry, top six, maybe top four finish, and finish in a European position. That's not impossible. I actually think it's quite likely given how well they're playing. But what I want to mention is that I remember people saying Spurs are going to win the league, Spurs are going to win the league, Spurs are going to win the league. And what hit them is what has hit many, many teams. And as, as I'm saying that, I'm looking at Barcelona's uh, stands. You know, I'm seeing Frankie Biong, I'm seeing Marcos Alonso, I'm seeing Pedri, players who were injured. Same same thing with uh, with Spurs, with having James Madison, who's injured, having Mickey Van de Ven, who's injured, having Lisa Bentancur, injured. Um, you know, these are key players to Spurs' team. And uh, when you don't have these guys in the starting eleven consistently, they, they will suffer. Thankfully for them, they have a good coach, and they've been able to keep up the, the sum of, of consistency, uh, consistent level of performances, and be somewhat decent. But that's just funny because I know people saying, "Oh, Tottenham are going to win the league now." All of a sudden, you know, Steve, what do you think? Getting Tottenham are going to win the league, and I'm like, "Are you guys stupid? Do you guys not know football? Like, if you know ball, you know that's not going to happen. It just won't." I'm sorry, that team is literally allergic to titles, to trophies, to to Premier League trophies, to be even more specific. You know, because it's possible an FA Cup could be on the horizon. It wouldn't surprise me. But I don't think any major competition they're going to end up winning and being the victors of, whether that's the league or the Champions League, Europe League, none of that. I don't see it happening. I just don't. Um, and if they did football, Tottenham have been, is there full credit? If, you know, their recent form hasn't been as bad as I thought it was. They currently have a form of, uh, they've won the last two, oh my God, Barcelona just equal. Uh, he just scored a third goal against Sergio Roberto, making it 3-2. My Lord, man. Barca are celebrating a win against Almeria as if they just won the Champions League. It's kind of shameful. But anyways, back to what I was saying. I keep you know, switching over to what I'm seeing on the screen. 3-2 for Barca. Big up Barca fans. Big up Sergio Roberto, who's having the game of his life right now, scoring two goals in the last 20 minutes. But I still think Barca are going to concede again. So if that happens while I'm recording, that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, as I was saying, Tottenham have done really well recently. And they have a big game against uh, Everton next, which will be really interesting to see, I think, because Everton have also not been that bad. But Spurs have turned their fortunes around a little bit. But since the game against Chelsea, they went out through this little lull period where it was just absolutely, you know, diabolical times, diabolical scenes to be a Spurs fan. Losing against Wolves in, you know, the last second fashion as they did. Although, I have to be honest, it was a great goal from Pablo Sarabia, you know, to kill off the tie. That was an absolute brilliant finish. For me, one of the best goals I've seen this season. Genuinely, genuinely, the, like a pure strike that just, it just oozes class, oozes like sheer quality that you don't see in a, on, a, on a given day and on every single day basis in the Premier League. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what made Spurs lose that game in particular. But it just shows you that Spurs' fortune is, is flip and flop, which is typical Tottenham. You know, they go through great periods where they win many games in a row or they go through periods where they're quite successful and then all of a sudden they kind of drop off a little bit again. But the football they're playing is impressive and I, I do think they're a very entertaining team to watch for sure. I think they've done a really good job of replacing Harry Kane and look like a formidable side this season. I have all credit has to be given to Ange and company and I have to put my hands up and say they have a good blending of recruitment and, and uh, you know, Team building has done a really good job so far. So let's see how long that continues. But that's kind of my perspective on Spurs. Um, in terms of the rest of the league, we have Manchester United who really have been killing me. I don't know how United are still currently sitting in seventh place. I really don't know. And I'm not going to come out and attack United this whole episode. That's not my aim. I know I do that often on this podcast, especially when, you know, when I get frustrated with them. Of course, I know they had beaten my club, you know, they beaten Chelsea not too long ago, 2-1. Two, uh, two, no, at Old Trafford, thanks to goals from Scooby-Doo, Scott McTominay, which is hilarious. Because in my opinion, he's easily United's worst player uh, alongside Harry Maguire. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not a United fan, so that's probably telling me right now as they're hearing this that I'm stupid and I don't know anything about ball. That's fair. But I, I watch football with my eyes, and what I'm seeing is he's a liability. And he's proven that many times, despite how many goals he might score for you guys. But, anyways, that's just my opinion. Regardless, um, 
Uh, my take on United is quite interesting. I do think that they should just stick it out with Ten Hag. I really do. I don't think there's any point in changing coaches, especially not mid-season. It's kind of pointless. Just stick it out. I know they finished bottom of their Champions League group, which was kind of expected in my opinion. I didn't think they were going to go through. Maybe Europa League at best, but I never saw them uh, you know, challenging to finish in the top two of their Champions League group. Kind of funny, to be honest, because I know United fans, are who I know of, have been telling me they're going to be really well this season and they're going to be very good, blah, 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 blah. And I think we've seen United have some really good... Not Actually, that's not true. We've not seen United have a really good performance. Let's not lie to ourselves. They put in some okay and respectable performances and some very, very disrespectful and disrespectable, whatever the word is. Unrespectable. You can think of whatever non-negating word for the the word respectable performances as well. Um, I don't really know what to make of United. I really don't. Whenever I talk about them, my head hurts. So I'm not going to stay on them for very long. But I just want to mention that they also play against West Ham this weekend, which will be a huge game. I am going to go for a draw in that game, to be honest. I think I don't think that uh, that United are going to win that. And I can even see West Ham winning. West Ham have a decent record at Old Trafford. And United could pick up a win because they're playing at home and they're just you know, find out with the, the smudge out some sort of performance that they always randomly do, especially at home, like some McTominay last-minute goal or something like that. However... <laughs> I was nearly right. Barca nearly in the mud again. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with United, but that's concerned. In terms of Newcastle, Newcastle obviously got kicked out of the Champions League. And, I mean, the Champions League groups have not been made. and not made. The Champions League round of 16 fixtures have been made. Newcastle are not a part of that round of 16. I know many people that were saying, Newcastle are going to make it out of the group. They're going to be beating Milan, Dortmund, and PSG. They're going to finish first or second. And I was like, you guys, again, you guys not know... Do you guys not watch ball? Like, I don't understand this. I, I don't know even how to explain it. The naivety and, the, and kind of the, I think what happens is people's hopes and dreams of something becoming true is what overtakes their thinking of logic and rationale when it comes to, to making an opinion on in footy. And it's it's normal now because people are very reactionary and they kind of make instant opinions rather than, you know, long-term established created ones. I think it used to be more the case back in, you know, older times before social media, before, you know, the way that football was perceived uh, differently in a good way, I'd argue, because there's much more informed opinions rather than just spewing out hard garbage and seeing what sticks because it gets you engagements and clicks from people. Regardless, I saw people saying Newcastle were guaranteed to finish, you know, first or second, and they're now not even playing European football at all, which, to be honest, might suit them because they needed the, the rest and have so many injuries that it would, they wouldn't have been able to survive in all three or four competitions that they were trying to compete in. Of course, last night they lost against Chelsea in the uh, Carabao Cup. Um, in a very, very emphatic fashion, as Kieran Trippier literally gifted Chelsea the win as he both not only made a mistake on the Mahalo Mudrick goal that Chelsea then scored on the 90 plus minute, 91st plus minute, and also he missed the penalty um, in the penalty shootout, which allowed Chelsea to take the lead in the penalty shootout and go on to win on penalties 4 2. Uh, for Newcastle, it's a long day, but I think they're going to bounce back again. They're a very good team, and I think, again, anyhow deserves credit. But they're a very flip-floppy team, which is where I expected them to be. Not the team that they've been for the majority of this season, where they've been really, really cooking. I expected a bit of a drop-off, especially with injuries, and especially because this team's quality isn't as good as people think, think it is. It's just that they're very well coached, and I think that if they were to add more proper style and, and grit and talent to the team, they'd be really, really good. But right now, they're relying more so on the PNP pace and power great determination and community and togetherness to get them through matches, which works because you need that in the Premier League, but I think a bit more quality and they'll even leave even higher than where they are. Um, I think it's my take really on the Premier League for now. Look at the other fixtures happening for the rest of the season. Oh, sorry, the rest of the season. That's crazy. For the rest of this weekend, uh, we had the likes of um, we had the likes of 
Let's look at this properly. Yeah, the next couple of games, we have Prowlis versus Brighton tomorrow. We have uh, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. And then we have West Ham versus Manchester United. That will be a good game. We have Fulham versus Burnley. We have Luton versus Newcastle. We have Nottingham Forest versus Bournemouth. Tottenham versus Everton. And Liverpool versus Arsenal. And Wolves versus Chelsea. Okay, so, I mean, these fixtures aren't that interesting, except the Liverpool-Arsenal game and the West Ham United one. And um, West Ham Manchester United one, I mean. And actually, to be fair, that's not true. There's a couple of good ones here in here that will really catch the eye, I think. Because every team nowadays has at least a couple of players that make it interesting and make it a good watch of a, of a match. Normally, classic Premier League, you know, the bottom five, six, seven teams, we saw them playing against each other, you'd be like, oh, this game's going to be a, a dead rubber. But nowadays, there's a bit more quality we're seeing. Hence, case in point, Manchester City, for example, who took a lead, 2-0 lead against uh, uh, Crystal Palace just this past week and then ended up losing in the 90, sorry, ended up drawing in the 92nd minute, after, or 92nd minute, in the 90th minute, in, in the extra time, stoppage time, through uh, Michael Elise, who scored a very well, very well-taking penalty, that was, and uh, made it 2-2 in the game. And, of course, you know, it was shocking scenes. It's not the first time that City had dropped points at home against Crystal Palace. And I guess Roy Hudson was chuckling to himself, which I thought was really, really hilarious, as Guardiola was going having a fit as City were, were, you know, conceded their second goal. But anyway, that's my take on the Prem. Let's talk about other leagues. And the Bundesliga has been all about Bayern Leverkusen, who literally have been, I'd say, the best team in Europe themselves in terms of all competitions. They haven't lost a game once this year. They've either drawn or won every game they've played. They're still unbeaten in uh, the Bundesliga to this day, which is incredible in my opinion. But that's just what Leverkusen do. They're a really special team. And what uh, Jebre Alonso is creating is really, really something magical. I honestly believe, I'm going to say this now, I honestly believe that Leverkusen could win the Bundesliga. I really do. I really, really do believe that. I think there's enough quality in this team for them to, to eclipse what Bayern have been doing. And I don't I don't trust Thomas Tuchel to see this over the line. I really don't. He barely won a league last season thanks to Dortmund fumbling it. And I don't think he's going to be able to do, to um, you know reach the levels of what Hansi Fleck was able to do, what uh, you know, Carlo Ancelotti was able to do, what Guardiola was able to do at Bayern, where they were winning comfortably for the last 10 years. And even Niko Kovac, I just don't see it. Um, again, Bayern could obviously win. They have way more quality players and experience they need to win these kind of trophies and to win the Bundesliga basically in this league. However, I do think that um, I do think that this league will go down to the wire. I think Leverkusen will be there to stay. I really do believe that. So let's see what they can do. But they've been making it really interesting. The combination of Burtz and Boniface or Boniface has been genuinely sensational. Grimaldo and Frimpong have also really looked like world beaters, looking like Dani Alves and Marcelo in their prime. Like it's just, this team is really, really special. If you haven't watched Leverkusen, I recommend you do because they're a team that will make you really open your eyes up to the type of the type of football we could be seeing that's not just in the Premier League or not just in, you know, the big competition I'm watching the Champions League all the time. So, really a good team and they could definitely win at least a trophy, whether that's, I don't know if they're still in the, the DFB Pokal, I think they are. Um, and they could definitely win the Europa League uh, for sure. So, Keep an eye out for them because they've been really, really good. Man, they only conceded twelve goals a season. That's the least in the in the uh, in the Bundesliga. Like I said, you know, and they scored forty-two goals. Just the team is really, really good. I can't explain it. They have some really, really interesting players that are very unknown, but are playing very well together and making it a seamless blend together on the pitch. So it's nice to see. In Uber Eats, we're seeing the same thing with the with with the Uber Eats league that we're very familiar with. In PSG, topping the league right now. I don't think that's going to change. In PSG will run away with the league as always. But um, it's nice to see this in the meantime. 
that uh, you know the other teams in the Uber Eats League are making it somewhat interesting, but let's be honest, it's kind of predictable. We know who's going to go on when the Uber Eats League are normal, and in this area, really, it's Inter running away with the league themselves. So that's kind of the take that we have to make, I guess, in the fact that we know we know that uh, it's been all about Lautaro Martinez and Inter. He's really just been dominating week after week. Juventus are somehow back in the top two, top three. You know, doing their classic, playing terribly for ninety minutes, but still picking up a one nothing result. They've been doing it for. for arguably years now, but especially more recently and getting the same results there, you know, getting consistent results that they're looking for to keep themselves competitive in the top four race and also the race to win Scudetto, which I don't think they're going to do, but they're, they're doing well enough, you know, for their standard to stay where they are, but they've not been a very impressive watch this season, although they've only lost once, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, anyways, that's my take on footy for this, you know, this little like roundup that I'm doing and all that's happening. You guys have a safe and fun and enjoyable Christmas holiday. Uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best. And I wish you a great time watching football as well. Yeah, and I will be I will be back very, very soon. This will not be the last podcast of the year. I promise I'll do one more, one, one more before the end of the 2023 calendar year. Um, as a Chelsea fan, as someone who makes this podcast, it's been very difficult because it's been arguably the worst year ever to be a Chelsea fan. I think anyone who's a Chelsea fan can agree. Um, but I will be back in 2024, of course, to give you guys plenty more content that you guys can you know, chew on and enjoy. But for now, that's all. those are all my takes, all my opinions for up until this point in the world of football. But thank you guys again for listening. I've been your boy, The Don. Make sure to download and to follow and to share and to leave a rating on the Stephen Talks Soccer Podcast with whoever you know loves football, whoever you get your podcast on. That would be massively appreciated. As I always say, thanks again for listening. I've been your boy, The Don. Deuces. Hey, everyone. Are you enjoying the content? Please be sure to leave a rating and a review and to check out my other episodes. If you're looking for more Steven Talks Soccer content, you can find me at STS Pod on Instagram, at Steve Talks Footy on Twitter, and at Steven Talks Soccer on TikTok. Become a consistent starter in the STS squad.